and welcome to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wolu. Uh, I'm joined by producer and co-host, Alex Wong, who has just pointed out that this is the break in the program where we do not talk about the Blue Jays or uh, the Maple Leafs. Um, go Leafs, go. 2-2. Um, you know, tough loss in game four. I watched it with my dad yesterday. A little tough one. He was pessimistic. I was uh, pessimistic, and uh, we were both right. To be so, uh, and then the Blue Jays, tough uh, 4-3 loss to the uh, Cleveland Guardians. Okay. Man. Still What's adjusting to them being called the Guardians. What is it Sportsnet Central right now? Uh, no. Okay. It's the Raptors show, which means right. only Raptors talk for the next hour. And by only Raptors talk, I mean like, yeah, we'll probably talk a lot of playoffs. We'll probably talk a lot about Asians and, uh, you know, some Raptors in there. But anyway, yeah. Alex, how you doing, man? I'm great, Happy man. Monday. Great. Happy Monday. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, I had a chance to check out Fishman Lobster for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So did, you, get, did you get the lobster tower? Yeah, yeah, the lobster and the crab, actually. So, like, two towers. Can, can you explain? Yeah, this is like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. you don't even know that movie. Okay, so uh, Yeah, you saw that. But, yeah. like, seriously, uh, can you explain yeah. what, what these towers, like, how the scale of these? So, basically, you get, like, I don't know how many pounds we ordered, like, five, ten pounds of, like, lobster, and it's, like, you know, they, they do the crust where it's breaded, and then they mm. stack it up, basically. Yeah. Like a, it's like you're playing Jenga. So you pick from the top. It's like two or three feet. It's it's really two or three feet. Yeah. And they throw some like I think lettuce in there. There's some fries in there. <laughs> it's uh, just it's just a oh, whole yeah. party. Lettuce and fries, baby. The yeah. traditional. It's Asian a lobster cuisine. party. Continue. Continue. Yeah. yeah. No, but you know, I always support Asian businesses. So mm-hmm. shouts to Fishman Lobster. But I just want my seafood to just you know be uh, you know oh natural. Damn. <laughs> just serve me the crab. You know. That's what happens when you come from generational wealth. No, no, no. But but happy you know happy Mother's Day. Happy, happy birthday Mother's to Day. my sister as well. Uh, one of my in-laws, you know, listens to the show regularly. Okay. He actually didn't know that we were related uh, until I mentioned my nephews on the show. But how did and, he, and he was like, like oh, hear your voice? It was like my brother-in-law's brother. So we're not, we haven't really like connected that many times. Sure. Okay. So until I mentioned my nephew's names, that's when he put the two and two together. Mm. So now he knows more about my life than anyone else. Because he was like, oh, you're going to Cancun, right? I was like, yeah, how did you know that? And then I realized, you know. Yeah. No, it's Anyways. weird because my little brother's also been listening too. Because now that yeah, shouts to George. Now that he's done school, has lots of time. Shouts to Giorgio. Um, and yeah, you know, he was like, yeah, I knew, I knew you're coming home this weekend, and I knew you're gonna bring a food processor to my, to our our mom because uh, that's one of the things she asked for as a gift. But, yeah, no, that's amazing. So uh, shouts to all the moms out there. But yeah, uh, what else yep. happened this weekend? Oh, uh, uh, Gary Trent Jr. walked by me while I was going for my, uh, you know, weekly walk in uh, Chinatown yeah. in Spadina. Okay, so explain this. I, I, I was told that the, the Raptors had, had basically left, but yeah, maybe some lied of them to. Is, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, they lied maybe, to Whatever. Could have verified a little bit more. I guess I just didn't really choose to. But, um, yeah, so what was happening? Gary Trent Jr., what was he wearing, actually? That's the more important thing because yeah, we know what Gary is. So I was walking on. in outfits. I was walking on Dundas and Spadina, and, you know. Oh, wow. Lots of people wearing Bape in Chinatown. You know this, right? And uh, from far away, you know, I see this really tall figure in a full camo bait yeah, outfit. That makes sense. And then as he got closer, I was like, oh, that's, that's Gary. Yeah. Yeah. So he was walking into a store. I didn't want to stop him, take a photo. All so that what stuff. store was he going to? Kaiway? He was going into <laughs> Better Gift Shop, which is a streetwear store in uh, like near Kensington. That's oh, where okay. he went into. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Damn. So yeah, he's I, I, still. I would have lost it if you said he went to Kaiway. <laughs> yeah, or... it was it was kind of hot. It was kind of hot yesterday, but he was in the full, you know, bape, long sleeve, yeah. all of that. So. Bro, he's going to Chinatown. You got to dress, you know, like the locals. Yeah, no, he definitely blended in. Yeah, like if you want to, you if you want to wear bape camo and really blend in, like Chinatown's the place to be. Absolutely, I mean, we're so. not even kidding about this. Like this is 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so, so he's so, in town. Salute to Gary, a man of taste and culture. Sure. Yeah, I hope he's yeah. enjoying the offseason. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm a little surprised he's still here, too, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah, similarly. But good for him. Yeah, you know, did- honestly, enjoy Toronto. This is the thing. I, I feel really bad for, for him. Well, I don't feel really bad. But, like, part of it is, like, I wish NBA, the season, was taking place during the summertime. Because well, Toronto in the summer is so blessed. Well, the minute you leave... Yeah, the, the players leave. the The weather gets better. Yeah, because remember, probably snowing for like game four. Bro, Precious was talking about how it was snowing in April at <laughs> and, his end exit. Of April. Yeah. So, so no, but seriously though, it's, uh, it's I, I do wish the season was was moved around. I honestly wonder if like if the NBA season essentially flipped itself and played over the course of the summer instead, like how much more of an advantage the Raptors might potentially get in free agency or how much of an advantage, period? Because no, we know it's an active disadvantage. No, because then the free agency meetings will be in the winter. If you so, flipped it, players are going to come in and it's going to be a snowstorm. No. Do you, do you understand? The Raptors will win every single time Caravan is in town. <laughs> yeah, you that understand? whole week. The Raptors will be undefeated for <laughs> no, that whole week. Man. This is like that week when they had to play like four games in five nights at the empty arena. They would yeah. just go 4 no. Yeah. No, I'm just trying to tell you, Raptors. Those are, those are great times, man. Uh, Raptors are never going to recruit free agents. It's just me, you, V. Yeah. Fred VanVleet making All Star. The Raptor mascot. mascot. Siakam. Yeah. The mascot throwing you, uh, free shirts. Yeah. Because you're the only fan in the building. That was great. Yeah. I love free shirts. Yeah. Anyways, mm. great chat. What else happened? Thanks for listening to the Raptors. Um, no, that's it. You know, watch the playoffs. The playoffs have been Wait, really on. great. I, th- I thought you were talking about what about Nick Nurse. Oh, yes. yes. Nick Nurse. That's what happens and... when you don't have your laptop for the Excuse me? The show. Uh, Nick Nurse and Adrian Griffin got mm-hmm. their doctorate degrees mm-hmm. at Concordia University in Chicago this weekend. Yeah. So congratulations to uh, Raptors head coach Nick Nurse and potential Lakers head coach Adrian Griffin. Yeah. No, honestly, it's it's super cool. I, first, I didn't know that... Um, uh, that Griff was also doing. We I think we knew it with Nick because he wore a pinky ring all year that said Doctor NN uh, with a diamond in, like in, encrusted in the middle of it. Oh, I thought that was just a style choice. I never put that together. Okay, they were taking online courses, right? Yeah. Okay, but this yeah. is a legit doctorate, though. I've seen people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen people try to slight them saying that this is not a real degree. Like, they earn these degrees. No, fully. And the fact that, you know, you, you have to imagine, like, how busy some of these people are, you know. You know, because, again, like, when you're coaching, you're working... How, how much do you think the average coach works? Yeah, I mean, so busy. 100 hours in a week? So busy, Nick couldn't even make 30 minutes for you this season. Yeah, because he's working 100 hours per week. So are you. That's not true. Yeah. But in any case... Take that up with HR. Um, yeah, man, good for these two. Uh, it's really cool seeing them um, continue to, you know their education and yeah i think i gotta go back and read that nick nurse biography again yeah i think it's one of the promises he made to his mom i think maybe i don't know i gotta verify this i think we need a second nick nurse book because you know what yeah you're right actually we need like a nick nurse quarterly well the thing is like he put that out after the championship and i feel like from the bubble alone and coming back this season and the Mm -hmm. transition of the team there's probably Kawhi leaving yeah there's enough content there already yeah i agree so yeah let's do that nick hit me up um, sure, yeah. yeah. No more work for Michael uh, Solokov, I think. Oh, was right, the, right, right. Was the author, but yeah. it's okay. I think that's uh, that's the end of the Raptors content. Yeah, there's not so a lot of Raptors content thanks for listening to the show. Uh, but there's a lot of playoff basketball taking place, as you mentioned. And uh, Actually, you know what? There is one more piece of Raptors content. Oh, Joel Embiid? Joel Embiid. That's right. After game three, so he makes his return. He's wearing the mask 
honestly, I don't even know how he did it, but every time he took off the mask, you could see the swelling in his face. You know, I think like two days before that, he couldn't even look at an iPhone because the light, the, the the brightness was too much for him because he was also suffering from a concussion. Um, so he takes the floor for game three. The The Sixers are able to pull that out. They now even the series, um, you know, with another really nice win yesterday, James Harden getting a lot of the plaudits. Um, but after game three, and which was a full week plus after the Raptors had lost. The Raptors six, are not even in the playoffs anymore. Joel Embiid had this to say. But you know, really the fans and, uh, you know, I've always thought they had great fans, but, you know, it kind of changed my mind about, you know, their fans um, up there. Uh, you know, whether it was throughout the series, uh, the F chance and, and all that stuff, uh, that's cool. It never gets to me anyways. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think I got mad because I did the airplane celebration. Uh, but. Um, you know, it's been going on in a few arenas, um, you know, these days where, you know, the fans, you know, they just feel like it's okay to just say F somebody. Uh, there's a bunch of kids in the arena. Uh, I don't think that should be okay, uh, even if there wasn't kids. Um, but uh, it's almost like, you know, when if you respond to it, it's almost like, you know, uh, in the dream on situation, you know, the league finds you. So, uh to me, it doesn't bother me. I'm just speaking for, you know, really everybody in the NBA. And like I said, you know, you know, if you give it, you also got to be able to take it. So I do agree with some of the things that Joel said, but I also disagree. Sure. Okay. With some of the things. So what so, do you agree and disagree with? So agree in terms of fans feeling like because they bought a ticket and they're sitting courtside that they can say whatever they want. Because we saw the Chris Paul incident. Yesterday yeah. in the game when, you know, Chris Paul's uh, mom was there, his wife was there. And apparently, I think there was a video of just this kid yeah. uh, courtside in a Doncic jersey, you know, apparently like shoved his mom. Like there was some some physical like yeah. touch happened yeah. courtside and, mm-hmm. and that stuff. And we've seen this. Like, I think. You, no, no, it's, it's been really bad of late. Yusuf like, I think Nurkic, the- remember Yusuf Nurkic during the regular season when a fan in Indiana courtside said something and he had to slap his phone because he was. I think he was talking about his grandmother who passed away during yeah. the pandemic. No, there's so much vile stuff. I mean, there was, what was that? The uh, the fan poured, like, popcorn on Westbrook. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's just, I don't know. There's honestly, like, you could point to a handful of these, these topics. Honestly, like, you don't even have to go too far from Toronto. Remember in the NBA Finals 2019, um, one of the, uh, so Kyle had dove into the crowd to save a loose ball because Kyle's Kyle and that's, you know, whatever, right? And they're competing in the Finals. He dives into the crowd to save a ball, and uh, one of the Warriors minority team owners shoved him. Like shoved him. Yep. Right. So yep. like it, it it it's sort of something that transcends like even just class. Like mm-hmm. I think it's just like this is just something that's been happening a ton of late. Um, I think probably a lot of it was already happening, and now we have like everybody in the building has uh, a smartphone, and so everything gets captured in 4K. But like you know. Um, no, I actually, I, I actually, having heard the full context of the quote, I actually do um, sympathize a ton with Joel Embiid in terms of the uh, the message he's relaying on behalf of other players. Yeah, so I it's agree a real problem. Yeah, I agree with that. The yeah. disagree is when he starts talking about, you know, he doesn't want to see this because there's children in the arena, because yeah. this is a man that does the, uh, you know, the DX crotch chop. Um, this is the man who plays in a city where they've done F Ben Simmons chants yeah. at the arena. Yeah. See, the FMB chants, like, I just think they're not very effective. And, and, you know, I don't know if it crosses a line. I feel like that's right at the line for me. 
I feel like if you're saying that one-to-one to the person, to, to Joel Embiid, then yes. Like, that's just not something that you say. Like, anything that you wouldn't say in a one-on-one setting elsewhere, you shouldn't say. Uh-huh. But it's hard to... It's hard to control and police like a group of fans launching into a chant. To me, that's like a refuse suck type chant. Yeah, Which it's I, on the line for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. Not, I mean, it, for me, it's not that much on the line, but that's a personal preference kind of thing. Um, right. I think that. I mean, like, think about the kids and everything like that. I mean, like, come on, man, think of the kids. Like, people are. <laughs> people, listen, man, some of the kids are in it too, right? I mean, this is. You know what you're getting into when you're bringing your kids to the to, the, to a sporting event. At least most times for me, I, I think I understand that. Right? I just think it's hypocr- also by the way, if you watch any other sport, you, trust me, it gets sure. even worse. If you watch any soccer, it gets all, substantially worse. My my I think the bigger conversation I wanted to have about this is just sort of like, what do professional athletes expect out of this relationship with fans? Because I think to me, it's pretty clear. Like sports happen so that other people can feel and react and basically channel their emotions towards something in the form of entertainment. Like, this is just entertainment, right? Like, it's real people. They're playing a real game, and they're putting the ball in the basket, and the other team's trying to prevent them to do so. But realistically, this is entertainment, and the function of entertainment for society is to basically exercise and and get rid of some of your emotions so that, um, you know, that's why you feel this catharsis. That's why you feel sort of this joy and this this roller coaster ride or everything like that. That's the that's the goal or the the whole purpose of sports. Like it's actually really not necessarily about who plays the game better or this and all that stuff. It's really about that portion of it. And of course, there is there has to be like absolute boundaries. Like when you're talking about putting hands on people, when you're talking about racist, sexist remarks, any other sort of discrimination. Like you have, there is absolutely a line that goes there. Even, even, if, even something what Joel Embiid said about like, you know, fans are saying, you know, the F word to him basically to his face by 20,000 people. Like I understand as, as a person, that situation, that's, that's really unpleasant. And that's really sort of, if you feel like it crosses a line that honestly, there's, there's a very good case to say that's, that crosses a line. But like, I think. I mean, hopefully athletes understand this and hopefully fans understand this too so that they could still see the humanity in all of this. Like, it's 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 an act. It's a play. It's there for entertainment. You get mad at it just in the way that you could get mad at a character in a movie, but you're not mad at the actor. And you don't, you don't like, oh, I, you know, because I know you're a big Marvel fan all of a sudden. You're not like, who, so who acted? Who was Thanos? Was that? I don't understand this at all. But in any case, like... Josh not, Brolin? Yeah, yeah, so you're not like physically going up to Josh Brolin and saying, I hate you for wiping out Spider-Man or whatever. I don't know. I don't understand any of this stuff. Wow, whoa, spoilers, man. Is that what happened? I don't even Come know. Come on, man. Uh, in any case, um, like, I hope fans and athletes understand that too. And as long as, like, people have this understanding that it's just entertainment, um, you can hopefully you know, be inbounds on both sides. But I mean, I, I totally hear from Embiid's side in terms of just like from the player's perspective, like this is a bigger issue that goes beyond Raptors fans versus Joel Embiid. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he made a lot of really interesting points. And I think there's just like an unspoken rule when it comes to like visiting players versus fans. Like you said, like they're there to play a role, right? And, you know, the fans are, are within their boundaries to mm-hmm. to boo and like try to annoy and throw off the visiting players and you know the visiting players is within his rule to play the role of the villain if he wants and Joel Embiid has played the role of the villain right oh yeah he yeah. plays to the crowd he does the airplane I think celebration he enjoys it too which I think is the perfect remember we were having this conversation about like a couple of weeks ago about like hey is Joel Embiid a villain for the Raptors and, and where does he sort of rank and I was like I actually really enjoy him as a villain because you can see 
his motivations. You can see when he feels good. You can see when he feels bad. Like the fact that you can have this back and forth relationship as part of the the bigger context of who's winning or losing the series, like was really fun to watch. Like mm-hmm. to see him affected was really fun to watch. Yep. Um, I made him more compelling as a villain, you know. But it's just like those lines in terms of the rules and kind of the unspoken things. I feel like a lot of fans are now breaking that, right? Like I think of Trey Young last year when the Hawks played at Madison Square Garden in the first round. Yeah. Like I think of Trey, like Trey was the ultimate villain, right? Like he was playing to the crowd. You know, he he did a bow, you know, at the end of the series after he hit that three to put them away. Yeah. Like that's all within the rules. And it's also within the rules for the fans to, you know, chant whatever things they want at him. Mm -hmm. Like there was probably F Trey Young chance in that series. But crossing the line is like, I think we saw some videos of like fans like spitting on him when he was trying to inbound the ball. So like, it's hard because I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because this is like a new era now where like, you know, we feel maybe more like, like feel like we've stripped like these players of like this celebrity status and we feel like we can say whatever to them. We can do whatever to them. Or I don't know what it is, but like fans now feel like, I feel like they feel more entitled and reckless than like ever before. But we've seen this before, right? Yeah, like probably, malice yeah. at the palace is the most extreme example. Yeah. Right. Like Ron Artest was just chilling at the scores table and a fan threw a beer at him. Yeah. And it sparked, you know, and then back in the day, I know you don't remember this, but people should look up when Vernon Maxwell ran into the stands and basically punched a fan mm. because he said something really personal to him. Yeah. And it's those type of so like it's not like this is new, but I just feel like it's happening like a lot more now. Yeah. I think okay, so a couple things. I mean, first off, you're absolutely right. Like there is definitely a, a history of this and um how do I say this? I, I think, in my own opinion, um, a lot of society, especially now with the proliferation of social media, like, you you live two lives. You live, your like, your actual life, and then you live, like, this, like, social persona, right? Um, and so when you have that happen, like, you start to lose grip of, like, what you actually see is, like, uh, real life. Yeah. In, in a sense, right? You start to become untethered from, like, reality in a sense, and you see life as sort of content. And yep. I think a lot of people really want to just have that content viral moment of provoking somebody really famous because all of a sudden you get a lot of attention from it. Like, you could call it clout chasing, you could call it whatever, but, like, I think this genuinely happens a lot of times now. And I think there's a difference between, like, hey, I want to go to the game, I want to take a selfie with my favorite athlete, right? And that's, like, a respectful kind of way, right? And I think that there's also just people who just ultimately go the other way and just, like, come to the game with their with their cameras on. And you notice, like, a lot of times they'll be the ones filming. And then they'll be like, hey, I'm yelling whatever obscenities at this player or, or I'm, you know, doing something physically to the player or anything like that. Um, they they just want that attention. You even saw, like, you know, Westbrook in Toronto, remember? Like, the night before he came and hit that dagger, which right. is still bothering me because that, that, that <laughs> shot was just yeah. so annoying to watch. But, like, the night Remember before that, turnover? That, there was a fan how, who how, just... How conf- could the Raptors not inbound that ball? Yeah, all right, mm. bro. I'm not, I don't want to hear about Raptors <laughs> inbound plays because the two times we've talked about it was 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 that and also the Yes, uh, you're, you're, talk, you're talking about the video the night before when a fan yeah. caught him coming out of, a, you know, LeBron's tequila event. It yeah. was basically just trolling him. Yes. And I just don't understand. Like, first, if, the other thing, too, is like I, what I feel bad for athletes and, and celebrities maybe in general is that, like, you just never get to turn off. Like, there's not, like, a end to your shift, right? Like... Um, I guess you and I are a bad example because people also come up to us sometimes. But, like, I, I think, you know, back when I worked a more civilian job, like, I would just, like, go to the office, 
I'm on for an available for the eight hours or whatever. And then I go home and then I'm just like a regular person. No one's expecting anything of me. I think for these athletes and celebrities, like they're ex- you're expected to see something all the time from them. You're always expecting mm-hmm. something from them. It's a very a personal relationship. And I don't know. I think maybe this is just a larger conversation, but like, um, I do you got to step back from that. Like, touch some grass. Like, for real. Like, <laughs> whether you whether you get uh, go viral because you've yeah. provoked a, an athlete or not, like, just like please, like, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't affect your life. And if if anything, it negatively affects another person's life. There's just no way to treat people. Yeah, touch so. some grass. Like Tottenham did Liverpool. What this weekend? Right. Um, yeah, no, I think the social media thing is a really good point too. Because you think about someone like Kevin Durant, who's yeah. the most active, you know, Twitter account, you know, in the NBA. And when people feel like they can engage with Kevin Durant one-on-one, because he will engage with a lot of these people, I-, I think you make a really good point in terms of, like, merging, like, what people see online mm-hmm. on a platform like Twitter versus what they think is acceptable in real life. Because you can say all kinds of things to KD online. And I think it translates to fans thinking that when they're sitting there courtside, they can have that same interaction too. Well, I mean, have you ever seen like what the dimensions of an athlete looks like? Like, yeah. it's all just like troll comments or like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like if you look at, if if Ronaldo tweeted something, all, the replies will all be like, Messi is clear. Like all sorts of trolling comments. Like there's a whole industry around this. Right. And it just makes sense that what they say online will probably ultimately happen to them in real life. But again, mm-hmm. I think that's really just this, the social media commodification of people's. And like, I think they really... Um, you become untethered from reality in a sense. And I think the hardest thing is for these celebrities that were like, like uh, were athletes, for example, right? I mean, yes, they like it. Like in terms of like, they like the fact that they get paid lots of money because there's a lot of interest in what they do. And because, you know, they're very relevant and all this and they're celebrated. There's a flip side to it too. But like the downside is becoming very real for them. And they're always like exposed. Like they're always right there. They're in the middle of it. They're playing the game. It's like a very important life moment for them. They're also playing their absolute hardest and millions of dollars on the line. And then meanwhile, people are like chanting all sorts of stuff at them. So like, again, I, I do sympathize with them. Um, but uh, yeah, at the same time though, like, you know. I, I don't want to lose, I, I, I don't want to lose that aspect of like the trash talking though. Like, like no, you know, the engagement either. between that, the fans. Then people like, have to understand the boundaries, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And also like there's, there's things that players can say to each other that I don't think it, strangers can say to each other. So it's like I can roast you in real life. You know, all the time, and I can even do so on on air. But like, if some random other person came up, so so random on the street came up to me, he's like, "Hey, big head." I'm like, "Man, <laughs> you know, like, come Next on." Next time man. you see Will, please do that. Don't do that. Bully him. Yeah, but in B- any case, like, bully him in real life. This is a larger conversation. Um, I, I, the only thing I would say is, if you like to to fully or to minimize this, you just don't go at the crowd. Sure. I think, like, for example... But but I think that's nobody, part of the... No one's ever chanted, you know, F Kawhi. You know why? Because he just beats your team and then goes home. <laughs> yeah, Kawhi has never engaged with the fans. I'm, I'm not even saying how you should act. I just think that, like, if, if this is a dangerous territory, just, you, you know, you, yeah, you want to get same away time, from like, it, don't, I, don't go into it. I feel like you got to just let the players, like, enjoy themselves, too, right? Like, I that's do. their environment. I, I, I totally agree, yes. Yeah. I'm just saying, though, like, this if this is the expected reality, I think for a lot of players, they might start becoming, like turned off by it yeah but a lot of times these guys don't even ask for it right like i think someone like westbrook's a really good example like you just have fans going after him for no reason yeah. like westbrook doesn't even play to the crowd like at the end of the day look there's no solution like this is hard to police like within every fan base there's going to be fans like that yeah like what are you going to do it's right? true it's true You're like because right. because these are just unspoken rules so it's not like you can enforce anything but at least you would hope that people have like a sense of decency to to fellow human beings no matter what yeah my thing is just like 
you know, just make your like trash talking and, and chants and taunts, like make them smart, you know? Because I feel like every time we've seen these incidents, it's not even like any of these guys say anything. Yeah. It's like worth like, know. you know, yeah. celebrating. I like it's like, you. you know? I agree with you. I also do think there's probably another conversation we had about like, so people are putting a lot of money on the line and you see a player like not potentially delivering part of your parlay or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's and a you whole... you feel an extra yeah. bit of anger because they, quote-unquote, cost that's, you money. That's a whole other thing when now. You've, spent the, you've yeah. chosen to spend the money. It's but, like I mean, fantasy and gambling, like, so much of that. Yeah, and again, the NBA it. has, like, fully, like, w invited this. I think, like, yeah. you look across the board, like, politically in the states, like, a lot of states are continuing to legalize. We saw here in Ontario, it's, like, starting to legalize. So, like, I think people are inviting this. But also, I think that the costs are probably more for the players. Yeah, that's Although, why. To be fair, their, their salaries are probably going to double soon anyway. But you know, <laughs> again, it, that's it. It's <laughs> if you want to gamble, that's, just that's go. A, just go to the casino. It's you literally know? that's what the money is for, yeah. Don Draper style. Yeah. <laughs> just just go to the casino, and you can just get mad at the blackjack dealer. Yeah. In any case, though, still annoyed at Joel Embiid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no. for petty no, no, reasons, no, 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 like no. I understand the, that. I no, understand. No, no. I'm annoyed for petty reasons. <laughs> great, great, but it's fine. great discussion between yeah. you know fan and player relationship. But the conclusion is Joel Embiid make a conference finals challenge. That's it. He's trying to, man. Yeah, try harder. Okay. All right. You want to take a break and talk about the playoffs afterwards? Yeah, let's the do other that. series? Okay. Do uh, you've been listening to The Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. When we come back, me and Alex will talk about actual basketball and not uh, necessarily just, you know, fans and this and that. Great daily gambling advice from J.D., Blake, and Ailish in the Fan Morning Show's Wake and Rake. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590. The Fan, I'm your host, Lou. I continue to be joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. Alex, as we've been doing all throughout Asian Heritage Month, we are shouting out to Asian athletes. So go ahead, Alex. Who, who do you have for today? Yeah, today I have Tottenham's own Sun Hung Min, who, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, sunned your Liverpool team this weekend. Unfortunate. Was it at Anfield? It was at Anfield, yes. Oh, yeah. that's tough. I know. We're that's like tough. unbeatable there. And I guess we didn't lose, but... And uh, Newcastle didn't come through for you guys. Unbelievable. Newcastle couldn't beat uh, City. That's that's, that's yeah. a surprise. Losing 5 nothing really does suck, though. really hurts the goal differential. And, uh, you know, but, you know, listen, Liverpool is famous for making comebacks. We've already closed the gap for, I think, 14 points down to one. Now, of course, it's ballooned back to three. But, uh, you know, miracles could happen. Yeah, second in the table right now. Second's not bad, though. Are you yeah, cool is. if they finish second? No, I'm not cool if they finish second, man. I want them to have the historic season where they win the quad. All four competitions. I know Derek's already in the back <laughs> shaking his head. Congrats to Everton, too, okay? Back-to-back -back wins for Super Frank, and now all of a sudden, uh, you know, what? They they may not get relegated. Congratulations. You no, know, it's, it's time have to... Have some uh, higher ambitions. It's time to transfer, uh, you know, Mane, Jota. Who else, man? Allison. You sound like every Liverpool <laughs> fan online after they lose a game. <laughs> Anyways. We're mad fickle. Congrats Not to me, though. I'm grateful. Congrats That's a great to team. Fan590 producer Dylan Brown and Mary on their new baby. That's amazing. Yesterday, on Mother's Day. Yeah, that's that's incredible. So, And, um, you know, 
we had been making a running joke every time we walked past Dylan in the office. The only thing I would, because you know, I'm famously bad at small talk, as evidenced by the show. You're really bad. Um, and the only thing I'd ever say to Dylan was, "Is a here yet?" So yeah. Congrats. Also, at the end Maybe of e sir. every convo in the office, you either say, "Let's go Raptors" or "Let's get this Leafs." I just, just figured that that's yeah. one thing we would all commonly agree on um, as uh, sports industry people. All right. I'm bad at small talk. I'm sorry, man. It's going to be really bad when we're doing this uh, live event later this month. Oh, that's and right. we're going to be talking to 100 people. And Next Monday. I'm just going to be saying to everybody, "Go, let's go Raptors. All right, so you need me to have a James Harden performance? A game four James Harden performance? Honestly, good for James Harden. You know what? I was pretty happy for him. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about going <laughs> like, happy. I, no, I just like, like good for him. Like, I know Raptors fans like hate other teams and other players. Yeah. But... It's nice. I just like seeing people in their 30s still thriving, you know, when when, yeah. when they write them off. No, you're right, bro. No, so. That's what I felt when you wrote cover story. I was like, anyways, yeah, this guy did this at this age. No, but seriously, though. Um, 16 yeah, points. <laughs> 16 points. <laughs> Matt Devlin. We got to bring Matt Devlin back. Yeah. 16 oh, points oh, in the fourth quarter chilling, man. for James Harden yeah. yesterday. So a whole let's, bunch let's... of step-back jumpers. Oh, man. Yeah. Like... He's ready to sign that $250 million, whatever it is, deal. Taking Bam off the dribble. I yeah. was told Bam Adebayo was a defensive player of the year candidate. I just don't like watching Bam play basketball. I don't know. The Heat are just like, I don't know. Man. The Heat are just Bam, not fun to watch. Yeah, but you know, Bam. Like, did you know Jimmy Butler had 40 points yesterday? I did, because he was amazing. He's been amazing the last I know, two but games. Even that they, wasn't they've that completely fun. wasted it, though. Like, Chelsea the Heat are wasting these performances. And all of a sudden, you see the Heat, and you're like, well... They're really small across the board. Like, they really rely on a lot of small guards. And obviously, the other game, they could have won because they could have shot the three a lot better. I think they shot worse than the Raptors did at any point in the playoffs, which is truly an accomplishment. They were 5 for 31 yesterday, I want to say. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think obviously they have more shooting talent than that. But, like, that's their trade-off. It's like they have these small guards on the floor who are able to give them offense. Um, but they're defensively going to compromise the team, especially against the team like the Sixers, who are so good at punishing mismatches between James Harden and Joel Embiid. And then they have a lot of these like forwards who come in but don't really do much. Like, I'm sorry, but I keep watching P.J. Tucker in the playoffs. All that man does is foul, man. He no. fouls and then complains, but that's it. Like, there's not that much else going on for him. Um, Marquise Morris came into the game, and oh my goodness, he got blocked so hard. Like, he, he jumped, but he might have gotten like, like a uh, uh, half a foot off the ground and then Embiid swatted him easily. Like, like if, if a father was like taking his child to the park, you know, and taking it kind of seriously, and it, it was literally like, he didn't even have to jump. He just put his hand out and just said, no. Um, and yeah, I mean, Jimmy's playing amazing. That's the only reason why the heat have been competitive the last two games. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. They, all of a sudden Eric Spolster really has a lot of, uh, questions to sort of answer and and unfortunately Kyle Lowry is at the top of that list because um you know he does not look right there was multiple times in that game yesterday where he was pulling up and you know I think the hamstring that he's you know dealing with is 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 an issue for him he's limping around there's a, several times in the game I thought he was gonna come out of the game but knowing Kyle he's gonna stay in but he wasn't doing anything like he just refuses to shoot and when he does shoot everything is short for him um I feel bad he had a zero point performance as well you yeah, know? he added another zero-point game to his resume. But this time, there's the excuse with the injury. I mean, yeah. No, that's true. You're right. But, like, at the same time, I was just thinking to me, I was like, it, it's so wild that the Heat have had a completely steady season all year, minus that one random fight, which uh, and then they just skated right past, and they were, they were cool. They've had a completely fine season, and all of a sudden you get to this point, and, and 
you were even up to nothing. And now all of a sudden they're, I, would you say they're a favorite to win the series right now? Yeah, I, I don't think, think so. I, I think the Sixers are probably better than we're giving them credit for. I, you know what? Now that I've like passed the saltiness of watching them beat up the Raptors yeah. and the foul drawing, whatever, all that stuff, it's just like, I think we're underselling the Sixers is my, is my general takeaway. That top four is as good as any top four in the league. Given the fact that Maxi has made a jump, I think with James, the focus so much is on him scoring, right? And when he does score, it's like, wow, look, he can score again. Yeah, but the playmaking has the been elite. The playmaking is really good. Like, honestly, when we're just talking about, like, setting up the table and setting up the play and, 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 and the context of that team, I don't think there's another point guard in Eastern Conference I would rather have running the Sixers than James Harden. Yeah, I think so much of the conversation has centered around, like, his next contract. That we sure, kind of yeah. forgot to just look at him just through the prism of these playoffs, which is and what he's bringing to the that's table. Why they had the urgency to bring him in is because obviously when with when you have an MVP level player like Joel Embiid, who did not ultimately win MVP, we knew this Jokic is going to win. It was announced Jokic wins. I'm sure Embiid will take that personally, whatever. Um, but like the Sixers, like James has done a really good job of making sure they attack mismatches, making sure they set the tempo, and the only time he really needs to do his little ISO thing is when Joel Embiid sits. But the thing is, even when he does a little ISO thing, they're sending double teams to him. He's finding all these shooters. Like, he's... Like, every single time on the timeline I watch, and and trust me, like, obviously, we, we saw all six games of the Raptors Sixers series, and I've seen all the games in this series as well. Like, the fans always be like, oh, you know, it was big... You, you really had to win those non-Embiid minutes. I, I, they're not non-Embiid minutes. They're James Harden has the floor spread with four shooters minutes. You're not going to win a lot of those minutes. Like, not a lot of teams are built to win a lot of those minutes. So, I think they're kind of undersold. And this is where, you know, you have to admit when you're wrong sometimes. Like, I think Maxi has, like, taken such a leap. Every single game, he's lethal. You can even have him under control for 40 minutes, and he just burns you in the other four minutes. You, you like, lose sight of him. We saw that against the Raptors. Um, the shooting, the transition, the reverse finishes, all that stuff is, is really good. And then Tobias Harris has really stepped up as a 3 and D guy. Oh, this, like, is, this has been his huge. best playoffs, like, by far. Yes, this is the one time people don't just say, oh, Tobias Harris on a max contract. It doesn't matter whether he's on a max contract or not. He's playing his role perfectly for this team. And then Danny Green, honestly, Danny Green's been amazing. Yeah, Danny Green's in the hot part of his icy hot nickname right yes. now. Yes, and listen, he probably will, will go like 0 for 5 the next game. But like every single time Danny Green goes off, the, the Sixers are going to win. Their, their baseline is just so high, especially now that Embiid is back. So... Honestly, you got to get the Sixers, um, you know, some credit. Unfortunately, this is really tough, but they 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 have a really really good top four. Yeah, I think I think in the larger theme for these playoffs, and I think it's going to play out in this series too. I feel like these are the playoffs for the role players. Like, there's yeah. been so much like talk. the Dallas series. Like, yes. that's all role players. Think about like Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber. I would put Davis Bertans yeah, yeah. coming off the bench, hitting four straight. Jay, I couldn't believe. I would it. put Jalen Brunson too there. Like, unless you're a superstar, yeah. I consider you a role player, and I think. Everybody's a role player beside Luca, man. <laughs> no, Luca's just so good. Yeah, no, it's a it's a heliocentric offense. But oh, Philly, Miami, I think it's going to come down to like how Maxi, how Danny Green, how Tobias Harris plays. Mm-hmm. And on the Heat side, like you know, is is Duncan Robinson going to see the floor? What about guys like Max Struess? But if Vincent? Duncan Robinson sees the floor, right? They're just going to target him on defense. Like it's right. not that substantially different than some of these other guys. And also, Duncan wasn't having that great of a season. But, I, I mean, I, I mean, look, if you're when, shooting listen, 5 of 31, I think saying. you probably could put in a That's what I'm shoot, saying. Yeah. But even guys like Oladipo, yeah. right? Like Tyler Hero, I would throw in there as well. 
Like, I think those are the guys that are going to need to have a big moment to swing the series for either team. Yeah. And unfortunately, like, Kyle has moved to that phase where he is also a role player. Well, the thing for is... The, that, for the context yeah. of the Heat in the playoffs. If Kyle is hurt, yeah. like, you know, it's got to be... It's advantage Sixers, man. Like, Kyle's a huge part of that team, even though, you know, well, if you want to cast him as just a role I mean, player. They, so they put up the, the, the stat comparison um, on the broadcast yesterday, and it was like, Harden and Maxi have, like, 40 points on, like, fish and shooting. They've made all these threes, and it was like, Struess and Kyle have, like, seven points. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I mean, I can see how this game is, you know, being lost right here. But um, in any case, um, yeah, that series has been very interesting to me. That was completely flipped over the weekend. It was, it's been really fun to watch Dallas versus um, Phoenix. I think for me, aesthetically, that's the, my favorite series to watch just because of how much offensive skill is on display on both sides. Because it's like there's a lot of mismatch hunting, right? On, on one end, it's like the Suns were really aggressively attacking Luka, especially in game two. Uh, and then on the other end, Luka is just like consistently in the middle of the floor attacking, getting switches until he gets the right guy, and then going downhill. And it literally reminds me of LeBron. Like, it does, he does it in a totally different way. There's not, like, obviously not dunking over people and all that stuff, but, like, it's very similar to the way LeBron and his teams used to play, where he would get that mismatch in the middle of the floor, and if you send a double team, he'd pick out the right pass every single time. And if the role players get hot, and chances are they're probably going to get hot because they're left open all the time, they can burn you. They can burn a, a team that's even better than them, like Phoenix, who... um you know, Chris Paul has always been underperforming the last two games. Quite possibly the two worst playoff games Chris Paul has played has been the last two games. Yeah, he turned 37, just like me. Ah, damn. And um, he's struggling. Okay. Don't worry, man. The 37th year gets better, CP. All right. Well, no, but CP's the contract had, like, negotiations <laughs> coming up. No, but CP's had these ups and downs in the playoffs. Like, but not... this is so down. No, but think about the first round, though. Like, he was he was getting owned by, like, Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones in those couple games. And then he came back, and what did he finish in the closeout game? It was fourteen of fourteen from the field. Yeah, right. So like, no, I know, I know. There's he, he will come he back. Was, he was also in foul trouble all game. Yeah, yesterday. Some of those were also kind of petty fouls too. But whatever. Like it was kind of interesting to see him get that kind of whistle. Um, but I, I think in that series in particular, it's just like really fun to watch tactically what the team teams are doing. Um, it's also just fun seeing the execution. The styles are very similar, and 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 also just like. The star power is really good. Like, I'm so impressed by Devin Booker and his ability to score. So impressed by Luka and his ability to score and play make. That series is special to me. Um, you know, Celtics versus uh, the Bucks. Yeah, so Jason Tatum, 4 of 19 mm, in nasty. a crucial game. Nasty. I'm still tired. I don't want to hear about this Celtics team if, anymore if they lose you in know, the second round. So I was talking to somebody about this. Um, I was talking to Asad about this just before the show. It's so funny because, like, in the past, in the last, like, five, six years, we've been so used to seeing super teams, right? Like, there's the super team that has LeBron on it, and just having prime LeBron was enough to put you in a super team, especially when you also add Kyrie and, and Kevin Love and all these other... And Jeff Green. yeah, Jeff Green, Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, Channing Fry. you know, we, we, you know the vibes. Dante Jones. Iman Shumpert. Um, like, that was enough of a super team, and then the Warriors were a super, super team, like, for real. Like the, And it was like, you, so much was like a... a it was just taken for granted that they would just go ahead and win, right? And they would cruise too. Like you would see, like, didn't the Warriors have like a sixteen and one playoff run where they won the title? Yeah, and they only lost that one game after they went up three zero. Yeah, the Cavs the would like go twelve and zero through the East, <laughs> stuff like that, right? <laughs> yeah, just dust off the Raptors, you know. Yeah, every year. I mean, I wouldn't have to mention that we're yeah. part of the we're, we're one third of that, but like, 
we're just so used to seeing that. And then even 2019, people don't acknowledge that the Raptors had a super team-level team. The quality in that team was ridiculous. You don't understand. The Raptors are built to match up against any type of team that people threw at them. The Sixers, Mm -hmm. were we're going to go with size. We have a dominant center. We don't play any guards outside of J.J. Redick, but we could take him off the floor and just put all fours on the floor. Everyone's huge. Everyone's athletic. The Raptors were able to beat that team. That was probably the hardest one for them to beat, but they did it, right? Then you had the Bucks, who are like, we have the big wing, traditional like style of like, um, you know, positions around him, but like ultimately really, really big wing playmaker. He's going to come at you relentlessly. Giannis is also a one-on-one type of player. They were able to beat that team. And then you go to the finals, and it's the, it's the, it's not the KD Warriors, but it's still the Splash Brother Warriors. And that's an entirely different matchup from all of that. And they were able to match up with them. And quite frankly, they should have won that series in five. Like, that 2019 team was also a super team. They were built to beat so many teams. Since then, I'm really not impressed with any team. Like, I don't know. It, maybe it's just I've been spoiled because we saw that 2019 team so up close. Like the Celtics, for example. You know why the Celtics are contenders again? Because they went back to the same team they had in 2019. This, they just like they were like, if we just stay the same, we're going to become contenders soon. Because the rest of the co- conference is going to level up. <laughs> yeah, Al, Al Horford like, got a huge contract from Philly, yeah, th- did a bid in OKC, and then just came back like nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. No, and, yeah. And, the, 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 and the Celtics were you. like, you know what? We got to get Al Horford back. We got to get Daniel Tice back. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, like, they literally got the whole team back together, and now they're contenders again, just by just by staying the same. And and I think that's probably just speaks more to the fact that, like, super teams no longer exist. I mean, the, the Celtics got better as well, but that series is also really fun to me um, to to watch. I know Marcus Smart wanted to to grift his way to three free throws. I'm so happy the officials did not call that, because if, if you're just saying that anytime someone jumps – at the end of a game, they should get three free throws if there's some contact. I'm so sorry, but that I don't want to see that, right? And I think that's the other thing, too, is just, like, so much of these playoffs have been great, tremendous basketball, especially in the second round. The storylines are incredible, but it's also been incredibly toxic. I don't know about you, like, or watching it, like, the 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 game itself is tremendous, and then you go online and you open your phone or, you know, you do whatever and you go online – the, the discourse is so toxic compared to, like, oh, the actual product that you We see. haven't even gotten to the most toxic series, Golden State-Memphis, yeah. but we'll get to that. But, yeah, w- with regards to the Celtics, yeah, that, that shouldn't have been a shooting foul. Like, they wanted three free throws, right? Yes. On, on that Marcus Smart play. Yeah. And they were complaining about the free throws when they shot, like, 16, the last 16 free throws in the game. The fourth quarter, 11 free throws for the Celtics, zero for the Bucks. Right. And the Bucks have Giannis. <laughs> to me, like when I'm looking at that series, and I and I get when you're when you're rooting for a team, when you're a fan of the Celtics, like you obviously gonna take that angle yeah. and focus in on that play. Like if that happened to the Raptors on a final play of the playoff game, that's all we would talk yeah, about coming their in names here. Names are no, but like the, their names are culture is like out of hand. Yeah, like it's not yeah, just right. you, but like, <laughs> okay, <call me laughs> like up, you might have started it though. But I did not start. I know this, you didn't bro. start it. What but are you like. For me, I'm enjoying watching that series because, like, I just love watching Giannis play basketball right yeah, now. Yeah, he's just, like, running through that whole team. No one can really stop him. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the rest of that team is not nearly as good as the rest of the Celtics team. But Giannis is, like, just, like, put the team on my back style. You know, like, it doesn't matter. I mean, Chris Milton is out. doesn't matter. You know, I mean, and that's not to say Drew Holiday isn't a great player. That is, Brooke Lopez isn't a very good role player. Bobby Portis, I continue to be impressed by him. Two years in running now. Um you know, even Wes Matthews is doing just enough. Like, he's on the, like, the, remember, so this is like, like 2017 P.J. Tucker, absolutely a really good player, 
right? Like, still was doing enough. I mean, he still became the P.J. Tuckin meme that season, but, like, still was a really genuinely good player because he could still hit you with the three, still get you an offensive glass, still play really good defense. And then eventually he crossed over to just, like, I'm going to foul everybody and have nice sneakers. <laughs> no, but he got so much props for that last year, holding Kevin Durant to 47 points a game. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Wes is still slightly on the, the good P.J. Tucker side of it. Tatum was 0 for 10. When Matthews guarded him as a primary yeah, defender. That's pretty good. I want to hear no Jason Tatum top 10 player, man. I mean... Imagine if Pascal had a 4 of 19. I mean, we came in here after the game 3 when Pascal wasn't aggressive enough mm-hmm. in overtime. Like, it's just a different level when you when you look at a player like Giannis. And we talk about role players. Like, that's a series where I'm just like, the, the Bucks have the best player in the world. And I think that should be enough. They need two more wins... And we saw Giannis get his 40-plus. Like, mm. I feel like he's got a couple of those more in him. Yeah. No, I... I like, what What, I what can so, the Celtics yeah. actually do well, to stop Well, the Celtics him? have actually done, like, a decent job, like, percentage-wise stopping him. But I think there's a difference between get, doing a good job percentage-wise against him and also when you watch the game and you're like, so he's put the whole team in foul trouble. Um, so he's collapsed the defense every single time and kicked out to open shooters or found guys in the darker spot. Like... Yes, you might hold him individually to like a 9 of 22 shooting. And you're like, well, you know, he didn't shoot that well. Overall game, he's dominating. Like, I don't think there's any other way to say it. And that's with the Celtics having tons of wing defenders to throw at him. Like, Grant Williams has done a great job against them. Robert Williams, not so much, but he's still on paper a guy who can kind of match up with them. Al Horford is, like, giving you, like, not even prime Al Horford. This is better than prime Al Horford. No one's even said prime out Orford. I'm telling you, man, everybody's got to go to OKC and do a bid where you only play like 15 games and get a year off and still get paid. <laughs> I'm looking for that job. Um, by the way, they should put the NASA wants to do the Thunder show. <laughs> the, they should put the NASA's in the box score because this guy from opening tip to the end, like doesn't oh. sit down on the bench. Yeah, the energy's incredible. I want to see his cheerleading stats like daps, high fives, claps <laughs> like that should be an extra like we got all these advanced stats uh, now. Like yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't keep my eyes off the NASA's from like opening tip. Well, you notice there was a, a, a key timeout, maybe in the last minute of the game. Giannis comes over. He's exhausted. The Bucks are holding on to a one possession lead. And Thanasis is just, like, yelling and clapping in his face and, and giving him all these instructions. And I was like, what possibly could you be saying to Giannis right now, man? I just want, like, someone like Andre Ingram sitting at home being like, I can't have that NBA roster spot. No, are you related to Giannis? <laughs> is your last name Adenokounmpo? Oh, man. No, yeah, I, no, no, you can't have it. No, this is, like, the sweet spot for the NBA playoffs right now. The second round. Yeah. And no, every, it's, it's every series so is good. up for grabs right now. Every no, every series is like must watch TV for me. Yep. Like I, I'm like it is. my whole Sunday was a beautiful outside. Yesterday I was like I I I have to sit down and watch both these games. I have to. No, I'm so They're excited. So good. I'm gonna go watch Doctor Strange after this, and then settle in and watch the Bucks game, and then the Warriors game tonight, and then watch yes. Better Call Saul. Oh man, it's gonna be a great night. Let's okay. Let's let's talk about that that super toxic series. Oh man, if you thought if you thought Sixers oh, if you thought God. Sixers Raptors was was toxic, this is on another level. No, man. this is every other game. Oh, my Fans want to call the no, police. Here, here, I'll give you the rundown. So game one, yeah, Draymond gets tossed for fouling Brendan Clark. Yeah, right, grabs him in midair. I smacks think him grabs in the him, face as well. Yeah, smacks him in the face, grabs him on the way he down as well. He contends he was trying to hold him sure. up by the jersey, but honestly, it does look a lot like he hit him in the face and then also grabbed him by, yeah. like, like, so, so, by the no, let, yeah. let's, let's, let's rank these, like, you know, Pitchfork does albums. That's yeah. like a 7 out of 10 for me. 7 out of 10 in terms of flagrant. Yeah. That's 8? A, that's a 6 out of 10 for me. Okay. Man. 6 to 7. 
Yeah. You know? Nothing I haven't seen Sergio Ramos yeah, yeah, do. Yeah, Will's, Will's a little old school, you know? Yeah. Grew up with the bad boy Pistons. That's right. Game two, Dylan Brooks early in the game. Yeah, that's a 10 out of 10. Half court runs <laughs> towards the other side as Gary Payne is in midair and basically just smacks him. In the head, him. yes. In yeah. the head. Yeah. He falls on his elbow. He's out three to five weeks. He, he fractures his elbow, yeah. Yeah, that for me is a 10 out of 10. Uh, 100% 10 out of 10. Yeah. I'm, so, I, I'm happy you got suspended. Just too. the premeditation of that. Yeah, it's, it's like awful. ridiculous. It's awful. He broke the code. I agree. And then in game three, uh-huh. I believe John Moran bumped knees at some point. He so bumped he's knees on a closeout to Clay Thompson. Yeah. And he was holding his knee from that point onward. But then there was a video that emerged afterwards. Of Jordan Poole grabbing, going for the ball and accidentally grabbing John Moran's knee. Yes. And Taylor Jenkins, the Grizzlies head coach, went on this whole rant post game about them breaking the code, which I thought was just ridiculous. So the Jordan Poole play for me, that's a one out of 10. Yeah. But now there's all this discourse a, yeah, about, you know, who that's broke the, the code I'm sorry. and like back yeah. and forth and all this stuff. And, and like, like 10 minutes after the loss, John Moran is tweeting out. Broke that the code. Video, broke the code. Yeah. And then and deleted the coach, it. You know, the, the only thing for me is just the coach saying it too. Because it's just like, what are you doing? But yeah, by the way, so this is going to blow your mind. How old do you think Taylor Jenkins is? Taylor Jenkins, I'm going to say he's 43. That man is 37. That man is the same age as me? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I got to get go going on my career. Go look up pictures of Taylor man. Jenkins and tell yourself that that's a 37-year-old man. This is the number one reason not to coach, bro. You could tell me this man's 46. <laughs> he's the 40, same age as he me. He could be 56. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, he, he's that's a regular 56-year-old. Oh, man. He's 37. Anyways. Yeah, I just want to enjoy the basketball because the basketball has been fun. But I'm sure we're going to get more because, like, Dylan Brooks is back tonight. Mm-hmm. And I think we're just going to get more of that physicality and that back and forth. And it's really well, overshadowed. If Jaw's not playing, then I really do wonder where Memphis is going to get their scoring from because it's been really fun watching him. But, again, the discourse is really bad. The basketball itself is amazing. I continue to enjoy watching it. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back to recap more of that and anything else people say about Raptor fans. So that does it for us today. I'm your host, Will Lou, And you've been listening to The Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review our show. Thanks again to my producer and co-host, Alex Wong, and our board producer, Derek Brankdale, and I'll talk to you soon.